Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Around the NFL podcast. Hovers just above the Dalton line. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Some heroes, that is. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Hey, what? The initial plan for me and the lady, me wife, uh, was, oh, this is our, you know, five-year home. It's not our forever home. Plans have changed. I'm never leaving because I'm never moving ever again because today was actually worse than yesterday. I thought actually moving from the old house to the new house was a pain in the ass, and it was. But today, my wife, my wife had to drive my youngest uh, to preschool, and then that left me alone with my oldest. And then in that time, while I'm trying to set him up with Zoom class, I get a knock on the door. It's the guy that's come to mount the TV. Then I get another knock on the door. It's the guy in the back. He's the pool guy. I have to learn how to deal with a pool because I have a pool now. He's trying to show me things. I get another knock on the door. It's the locksmith to change all the keys. I get another knock on the door. I'm not making this up. It's the neighbor saying Tuesday at 10 a.m. is street cleaning, and you got to get all these cars off the road. I, I almost had a meltdown. In fact, I did have one with my wife, and I, I feel bad, and I will apologize when she gets home, if she comes home. This is all very stressful, and uh, I just want to say that this this podcast, it really is, as it's been in the past, is a calm amid mm. the storm. I feel comfortable and safe here, and I don't really want to leave this little spot, because once I do, chaos will once again reign supreme. I would say that you absolutely, I mean, your guys, and I know you couldn't time it out perfectly, but to have this land um, right during the thick of free agency um, was a masterstroke uh, by the Hanses family. So like I, you know. stupid. Moving is the worst. I'm with you. And it's, it's tricky. Like you think about, you know, our ancestors and the frontiersmen who, you know, were first in this country and like all the pool men and um, TV um, setter uppers that they had to deal with when they were just moving all the time. It was, it's tough. Forget about those people. Think about me. Think about what I'm going through, Greg. <laughs> no, it is it is the absolute worst. I, it's one reason I have um, stayed away right at least so far hey, from this moving. Uh, you, Greg. <laughs> this moving bonanza going on. I haven't moved in seven years. First time since high school. I think I've made it past three years in a place that's great. Well, it was hard enough to get your wife to even move to Los Angeles. So let's yeah, you know one thing at a time. I mean, I do think that I was the winner here though because we. Had a lovely time with um, young Jack and Harrison over at the house. And I will, these guys remind me a lot of my own sons, but um, it was they, a lot of like, great time. They, great they were time. wonderful. And I, I like the, the one thing I forgot about that little, when they're little, like when Harrison is, he's, he's four and he kept telling me, I'm four. I was like, really? That's awesome. But he, they are obsessed with Godzilla. And like, um, we were watching some movie that they had pinpointed and Harry kept going, Godzilla's already big. Has already a big person. I was like, "You're right. He is mad, but relative to the objects around him, he's huge." So it was an absolutely wonderful time. I'm glad. Yeah, children go through fads um, 
and things that they become obsessed with and then forget about. And some hang around longer than others. With this Godzilla versus Kong movie coming out, uh, there has been a, a ramp up that is really unrivaled in, in my house in terms of the obsession. Like they they devour all the YouTube video and all this, of course, ties in again to them being stuck at home and all this stuff. So they're they're more plugged in to screens while mom and dad are busy. And they just know everything about Godzilla and the history of the the, the uh, franchise and all the other monsters within the Godzilla universe. I mean, the, the movie, when that comes out at the end of the month, is going to be a bonanza in this house. So a lot going on. A lot. It's and impressive. there's a lot going on in the NFL. How about that? Um, we're going to get to it all. Everything that's happened in the last 24 hours. And Greg, I was thinking about this because, again... The Patriots have won free agency. I mean, that's that's the headline, and that's it is. No one's it is. saying that. Only you're projecting. Well, that. You're projecting that. well, then call me a seer because I've been doing this long enough. When they're writing the pieces at the end of the week, the Patriots are back. Yeah, Bill doesn't want to. He doesn't want to deal with seven and nine ever again. And I get it. That's and true. he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't. I'm wondering if though, like this super aggressive uh, spending spree by the Patriots and. Your take yesterday, which was they were so talent poor in so many areas, of course they've had to go this route, which obviously that makes sense. But I wonder if there's maybe a just a, like a, a twinge of desperation involved here that he was so used to being the man and being unchallenged in his greatness that the sour taste of 2020 has caused him to be aggressive in, in a way he wouldn't have been years ago when he was more... Uh, confident in his standing amidst the NFL universe. How about that, Greg? I, I don't think it's a tinge of desperation. That it's. I think it was born out in November and December. Pe- people saying like, "Well, he, he watched Brady, and now it's like he's jealous." It's like, no, he watched his team. He watched such a lousy passing game and then front seven. So those would be the two things I would identify most, which are among the worst in the NFL. And there was no coaching around that. They just didn't have talent. So I think it's a ton of desperation. I don't think the whole, like, the league's talking about how he's fallen or this or that is necessarily, like, his prime motivation. But he's a prideful guy who doesn't want, like, who doesn't want uh, such a lousy team. I do think one thing that's been missed, though, is that they were setting up for this a little bit. I mean, I don't think they've they've never gone into an offseason with this amount of cap space. And I do think they were setting up a little bit for this offseason to do so. Don't you think a little bit there? I mean, there's the Patriots draft record has right, been somewhat it. spotty forever, right? They're making up for their, had they been like 40% more successful with some of their draft picks? Like, I don't know. They wouldn't be in this situation, but I'd say the last three years that people get on him as a drafter. It's like, I would say he'd be average or better for the 15 years he's been there. But the last three years have been terrible. They're, they, they just drafted two you know, two tight ends in the third round last year before signing John Smith and Hunter Henry, who are about to get there. So so they traded up for one of them. So that that is an immediate, like, whoops. You know, they have, they have not done well in the draft the last couple of years. So what are you going to do on Friday when our features editor, Ali Bunpori, uh, connects with you and says, hey, we need somebody to write the Patriots are back article column. And he says, I think you're the guy to do it. Do you, do you say, no, I'm not doing it because I don't believe in the narrative? <laughs> I, you know, you can go to NFL.com right now. I wrote a big thing on the Patriots last night, essentially saying what I just did. It was, it was born out of desperation that, that he knows how bad his roster is. 
And uh, so he's just throwing throwing it against the wall. Some of these will work. Some of them won't. I, I The only thing I'm pushing back on is your narrative, Dan, because I think they're getting a lot of criticism. I think everyone's saying, look at the Patriots being desperate in a way that they never, <coughs> excuse me, that they never were, were before. I, I, I think it's a, it would be a prime spot to bring back the celebrated. I mean, this would be oh Ali's God. territory. The he said, he said column from way back when. You could have Dan on the it's left time. side doing his <laughs> Patriots time. of one thing and Greg on the right. You know, we all, we all have an occasional like uh, frog in our throat. It happens to all of us. So, Greg, I'm not like, uh, you know, pointing you out. But every once in a while, they're really good ones, and that was a good one. That was a bad one. Was a good, one. <laughs> good one, bad one. Mine's going to happen on NFL Network at like the worst possible time. So I like Mark's because there is, there is speaking of tinges, there's a tinge of panic, and he's you can see him hitting the mute button and, uh, button and guzzling down some water, and it just won't go away. And That snuck up on me, or else I would have hit the mute button. Didn't, didn't see it coming. Didn't so yeah, it was human. Coming. It was vulnerable and human. I like Again, it. my world is spinning. So I know the the Patriots yesterday uh, came to terms with Johnny Smith. Uh, what was the other big move they made? They made a couple, obviously multiple moves. Uh, Matt Judon was the other one. Matt Judon before we taped that was was the biggest one, and then also Jalen Mills and Devon Godchow. We we talked about. I mean, it, it's God crazy. Chow. They might they might have six or seven new starters. Whether it works or not, they will be playing on this team. So that was Monday. Then Tuesday rolls around, and overnight into Tuesday, uh, the Patriots weren't done. They didn't just want the best tight end on the market or the one that most people were hot about. They wanted the other guy that people were talking about, Hunter Henry. So the Patriots lock up Henry. Let's get a little thrown at ease because I know Erica's pumped up. She's still sour about this Cam Newton situation, and and she's still suffering because she, you know, maybe Greg is saying he didn't care that Tom Brady won another Super Bowl somewhere else, but you know it killed Ricky. You know it killed Erica. So, uh, Erica, give me some throne of ease. And now you have Hunter Henry and Janu Smith, Janu Smith. And, of course, now you're going to have, hey, this is Gronk and Aaron Hernandez all over again. Could it be, Greg? Do you think that – or is there one thing missing here? And it's like 34-year-old Tom Brady. Well, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing still missing. But it gives them it gives them a chance, whether it's Cam Newton or a rookie to be named later or some other veteran that's thrown in this mix. You, you have to admit it's ridiculous that Demir Bird led the team in snaps last year, and that Jacoby Myers was by far the best receiver on the team, including their tight ends. That it's among the worst receiving groups in the last decade, and so now you have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Two top 10 tight ends who you can do a lot with. They were last in the league, according to Next Gen Stats, and two tight end sets over the last two years. And they used to be first in the league every year with, with Gronk and Hernandez. There's not like an e- – neither one of them is Hernandez on the field, you know, or off the field, thankfully, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> um, cause Free I've, Henry. I've seen- I, I wanted to like say, you know, Johnny Smith is the Gronk because I kind of called him a poor man's Gronk. But Henry is really not like a – he's more like a, another Gronk, um, but just not that sort of blocker. But they, it just makes them so much more versatile. And then you sign Nelson Aguilar – uh, too, and you think, okay, between him and Kendrick Bourne, who's more of a slot guy, you have a lot of guys who can move inside and out. You have a lot of versatility. You can play fast. I mean, they have guys. Is this even an above-average receiving group? M- maybe not still. Like, this gets them from, like, 32nd to 18th or something, but that's a big jump. But, I, but Greg, I think you pointed one thing out, that they just lay, had no versatility last year. They were shipwrecked in terms of what they could do. That you know, you mentioned that they used two tight end sets 
um, at 3.2% of the time, which is by far the lowest in the league. And they averaged one yard per play when they had two (laughs) tight ends on the field. So, I mean, that is counter and completely opposite for what Belichick tried to do on offense for a long time. I think if you're Cam Newton as a starter, too, you're getting stronger right up the middle. I, I like it a lot. Um, it is like $56 million in guaranteed money, but I, I'm not sure why I'm supposed to care about that part of it as a human being um, if it works. I, they got the two best tight ends available, and it opens up what they can do. And I do think that someone like Kendrick Bourne got better um, each year in San Francisco. He's not a star. Nelson Aguilar had a best year after a really rough career in Philadelphia. If you get those versions of those guys, um, you're looking up. You're a completely different offense. And, and you know, probably they, a run-first offense, too, still. Well, it, especially if Cam's going to be your guy, but I don't I don't think he will be, that's all. And, you know, that gets to my point. I, I like all these moves. I think Smith and Henry, that's great. That's going to make them so much more dynamic and um, be able to have guys that can make plays, whether it's down the seam or just in general, just have more talented players on the field. Nelson Aguilar, I've talked about him in, in the ramp up toward free agency that I thought he was could be somebody's bargain because he really did flash with the Raiders. I'm not sure why they didn't keep uh, try harder to keep him around, but um, it all kind of goes back to Cam and can Cam Newton coming off a season where he had what eight touchdown passes, and I know he ran for double digit scores, but you know. That's that's pretty remarkable, the, the the number of touchdown passes he had. And that, a lot of that played into his supporting cast, of course. But Nelson Aguilar is a guy that did all his damage or a lot of his damage as a deep threat. Can Cam deliver throws like that anymore? Uh, can he be accurate enough to take advantage of these great tight ends? And then you could say, well, maybe it's not going to be Cam. Maybe it's going to be somebody else. All right, maybe it is. But then you got to think about what we've been talking about, like all these deals where it's like four-year deal, $50 million, and then we're like, well, it's actually just a two-year deal for all these guys. A bunch of two-year deals, basically, and, yeah. And what that, to me, says is like there's more urgency uh, than than you realize with this. You can't necessarily kick away um, a year if Cam can't really play uh, because you're basically paying these guys on two-year deals. So there is always urgency, especially the way contracts are structured, uh, Cam has to be able to play unless there is, and Belichick, it seems like he's, I don't know, whether he's on tilt or whether he's being extremely savvy, and we'll find out. Uh, but uh, he's going to want results this year, and you wonder how patient he'll, he'll be with Cam or if he feels like he needs to make another splash. There's reports out there that they're in on Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette as well. They're just looking to do a complete makeover via free agency, which usually does not work, but since it's Belichick, you get the benefit of the doubt, and you get things like the Patriots are back. And again, Greg's saying I'm the only one that's saying it. Maybe right now I'm the only one that's saying it. But there's people some people. I would it. say it's like fifty-fifty. To be it fair. is, out, I think it is definitely it, it's out, out there. there. As a narrative. I, I've just seen sort of the counter narrative, just as hardcore, because that is the logical one. If you look at um, the highest spending teams in guaranteed money in the history of free agency. Um, the Jets, 2018 and 2019, are both in the top four. That didn't work. The Dolphins last year uh, is number one. That did work to, to a degree, um, although two of the biggest signings they had, Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy, are no longer on that team. So uh, even though the team did better, some of those signings didn't work. The Patriots are going to pass those teams, and they'll be the most. So this it is unprecedented. It is out of, it is out of desperation. It does make them more fun to watch. I do think, though— Belichick's in it to win it every year. I believe he was. La- I believe they maybe took a little bit of a step back last year, but even then, he thought they would be better than they were. I mean, I think he thinks they're playing to win a title every year. 
Don't whether send me down we, this road, Greg, because then I'm going to ask you why Tom Brady's not on the team anymore if he's really in it to win it every year. Because he, I, I think the reason is at some point you're going to have to take your medicine with the dead money, and you kept kicking the can. And they decided, clearly too early based on how well Brady can still play with a good surrounding talent, uh, that last year was the year to do it. And that, that, that Brady wasn't going to succeed with last year's Patriots team, which, by the way, I agree. They kind of ate a lot of cap space last year to open it up this year. They wouldn't be spending all this money if they had Tom Brady. doesn't mean they made the right decision. They, Brady w- would have made that team much better last year, well, it would, no, Yeah, but he wouldn't have been in the same situation he was in Tampa Bay. And I like I, back to Dan's thing, I do think that there is a enormous amount of people that think this is sort of a Bill Belichick revenge tour. Now, I'm not trying to be like some sort of talk radio person saying that, but if you go on Twitter, how many people yesterday in Twitter is extremely annoying this week? It is burning me <laughs> up. I, it is it is eating me up. But like, uh, it's how many how many individuals? It's like everything the Patriots do. It's a gif of someone being like Bill Belichick to the football world, and it's like someone slapping a a, a man in the face. I don't know. It's just like a lot a lack of creativity. Uh, everyone's sort of saying the same thing. So I appreciate the fact that we mm. have two people here um, saying different things. Um, <laughs> well, well, Riddick, Lewis Riddick stands out to me. There's a couple of Belichick guys in the media. And to give Riddick some credit, he forecasted this a month ago. He said, you got to be kidding me if you think Belichick is just going to sit by. He's going to go nuts. And I think Casario leaving, this is why, why I want to make one final point, is a huge deal. You have heard rumors in New England that the front office guys were all getting frustrated because more than ever the last couple of years, Belichick's showing up on drafting and saying, oh, that's nice you did all this work. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And um, it hasn't really worked that well necessarily. And now in free agency, maybe you get the feel that like everyone that's usually kind of a little more calm when free agency is out the window and Belichick's just doing whatever he wants to do. We'll see if it works. I don't want to, yeah. And I don't want to be reductive here, but it's, they have an ugly seven and nine season. Kind of That's, amazing. They won seven. Nine, yeah, it was seven an ugly seven and nine. The first game, ske- first uh, place schedule. It's an ugly seven and nine in the first year without Tom. Tom goes and wins the Super Bowl, and then the Patriots a month later spend more money than anyone in the history of the sport in free agency. It I, again, I don't want to oversimplify it, but you could connect the dots there. The bill is like okay. He's I guess, also I want to build a team here. I, I can't. Makes it I, more I can't fun, go through though. that again. I He's don't also actually. Not Forty-eight years old. I mean, it's like you know, you, he can't go into a six-year rebuild mode, and I think that he simply refuses to do that. But the, most of the teams that do that are poorly run, poorly led, and can't figure out their own problems. I think the Patriots are saying we're going to figure out figure this out quicker than some of these other clown shows. On the subject of the Hunter Henry signing, let's hear from the voice, the conscience of. Patriots fans, Scott Zola. We got breaking news. Oh, no. What just happened? That was not really for the uh, radio audience, but that was uh, Zolak's radio show. He's done, they, he's they, were, the, they were just all standing up and going crazy. I going guess, when, crazy over Hunter Henry signing. All right. Okay. So there we go. They also Patriots. took one of your Jets, Henry Anderson. How about that? I saw that. Well, an ex-Jet. He was a bust. Uh, they, it was a nice trade by the Jets a couple years ago from the Colts. They got him for a late-round pick. He blew up and had a nice little season and then did nothing for two years after getting paid. I don't but think they're done, by the way. I'm sure I don't think the, the Patriots Bowl. are done. Glazer put out a tweet saying, like, 
Watch out. Wouldn't surprise me if they're in the mix for more. More. They need an offensive lineman. They've lost Joe Tooney, and their center, David Andrews, is a, a free agent, too. So they, right. they're not done. I would say game. also, this may mean nothing, because these things usually are nothing, but Odell Beckham tweeted a few things right before we started that have people freaking out. Uh, he, he act gone. two, he wrote, and, and then and thanking God and other stuff. So, I, I, you know, that could be he had a nice day at the gym, but it could be something else. I'm not sure. Isn't Cleveland act two? I mean, the Giants were act one. That Isn't... people were people were wondering if what it meant was that he's going back to New York for an act two, which could be the Jets, could be the Giants, who knows, or the Bills. That, certainly not the Bills, but New York, I mean, the state I, of New York. I can't, I can't lie. I mean, if, if the Jets pulled off a trade where they didn't give up a lot, and I mean, first round picks to get Odell Beckham, I'd be excited, but it's like. Ugh. Well, we wouldn't be hearing about Odell yeah. Beckham as a distraction anymore if he went to the Jets. It would be. No, that, he would that, be great. <laughs> that, those, those side plots and him. conversations would vanish. Listen, he puts his head down and he does the work. That's um, it. All right. Yeah. In other news, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I guess he's not retiring. Not only is Ryan Fitzpatrick not retiring, the Amish rifles, see, everybody calls them Fitz Magic, but you, if you go back long enough, you could say the Amish rifle. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick has found a landing spot where he's finally going to get a starting job, I think, out of this. The Washington football team signed uh, the veteran to a one-year $10 million contract. Uh, Schefter reported that Fitzpatrick is expected to head to camp as the starter with competition from Tyler Heineke, which I know everybody was over the moon about Tyler Heineke in that playoff game against Tampa. Uh, it was fine. It was good. But I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the idea of him getting a shot here after really, Greg, the last three or four years, he's played as as well as he's ever played. And he's really earned a starting job. And and I hope the, the rug doesn't get pulled out from under him here. Yeah, I would expect him to start because, you know, Heineke's making less than half as much. I think the contracts are always instructive. You know, when you look at Cam Newton's money and Jameis Winston's money, um, who will get to, they're making almost half as much as Fitzpatrick. And Heineke's making less than half as much as Fitzpatrick. I think he used that retirement as a little bit of leverage. And there was probably some competition. Maybe it was from Chicago. Most likely it was from Chicago based on reports. And that, you know, it's not like primetime starter money. They might still draft a, a quarterback. But uh, if I'm a Washington fan, like your season just got more fun. If you're a fantasy football owner of McLaurin or Logan Thomas or Antonio Gibson, you're probably going to get more yards. I mean, they, they won seven games coaching around their their quarterbacks last year. Fitzpatrick's an upgrade. Mark's not feeling it. I can no, feel I, it. No, I, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I, I I guess I'm just wondering if this is sort of the Ron Rivera experience to some degree that you're always going to tilt towards um, a veteran who's been around the block that you trust uh, versus what I really think Washington should do, which is aggressively find the quarterback of the future. They tried to do that with Dwayne Haskins. That obviously but didn't work out. They made the playoffs. That kind of ruined their pick. You know, they had the same record as the Patriots, but they're going to be picking pretty late because they made no, the that's, playoffs. No, that's true. But I mean, there in there are always ways. There are always ways to get to get up. And, and is it a safer plan than you'd want if you're a Washington fan thinking beyond this next season? Mm. Uh, in other news you've heard it before and i'm praying to god you never hear it again the jets haven't had a premium pass rusher since john abraham left in 2005 it is the lead of a million notebooks by jets beat writers over the past decade and a half (laughs) and if carl lawson 
is able to uh, take his game in the direction that some people think he can, maybe at long last the curse of John Abraham will be lifted. The Jets signed Lawson formally of the Bengals to a three-year, $45 million contract that includes $30 million guaranteed. Um, he hasn't had huge numbers, 20 sacks in four seasons, but when you read about it, and obviously when you're a fan of a team, you start just, you know, ingesting all this content. Everybody seems to love him and sees him as an ascended player. And the fact that he's, uh, in terms of QB rushes and hits, he's way up there in terms of his positional group, uh, that Lawson is a guy who can make the next step, uh, Mark, and become a star pass rusher, uh, and, and especially with Robert Sala uh, there, who his defense thrives off that. And he had it in Nick Bosa, a guy on the edge that could go get a quarterback, and it all hinged on that. It's supposed to be Carl Lawson, I trust Robert Sala. I can tell you that. So I ask you this, Mark Sessler. Do well, you I mean, like this look, move? I, I would say this, that um, we're all pro-Robert Sala and the whole situation happening. I, I wonder if um, things could get a bit tiresome down the road. But uh, Carl Lawson, me, what you're getting <laughs> kind of sounds like, like you've already gotten there, Mr. Seth. No, no, no. I honestly think this <laughs> you is mean a, with that sound, the sound just, drop. Just yeah. if the, like, you know, I, I would like to think that when the Browns made the playoffs for the first time ever on our show, I took a rather quiet, hushed, humble res- approach to it. I don't think that's the approach we'll take at the Jets start off 8-1. and one. But um, you deserve it, and I think the Jets are in a completely different place <laughs> I, than I, they've I, been. You're, really, you're conflicted in the way you're speaking right now. No, no, no. I, this is a Jets thing, team that I can buy into more than these past incarnations. I think Carl Lawson is like, if anything, if you just get what he's sort of been every year, um, I like it much more than like going after Trey Hendrickson, who I you know had a great season last year, and we'll get to him. But... That is that's more of a gamble. I think Carl Lawson is going to give you production like he did in Cincinnati right away. They know that they trust him. He's been super consistent, and I think it's a great person to pair alongside. You know, Quentin Williams on that line. It's crazy they've not had a re- like a reliable pass rush since two thousand and five. That's absurd. And quickly, this leadership has come in and changed that. So mm. you have to look at the Jets in general with some of the other stuff that they've done, which we'll, which we can discuss. Like this is a different Jets team. It just is, and I trust the leadership, and I haven't there for as long as I've known you, Dan. So this is different. I love Lawson. I mean, he was my fa- he was number five on the final one hundred and one list after you took away the um, franchise tags and stuff like that. And initially, it was really hard to separate all these pass rushers: Hendrickson, Ngakwe, Judon, Dupree. Um, you could even throw Shaq Barrett in there. It's funny because they all got very similar contracts. Barrett was like a little higher than the rest, and Gakwe was a little lower. The rest were almost identical. And Lawson was my favorite, just sort of my personal favorite, because I've watched him the last two years, and to me, he's pass rush in a bottle. He did, wasn't getting a lot of attention, but a lot of juice. Every snap, effort, speed, it's it's what you want. Now, he's not going to play like a 1,000 snaps. At least the, the Bengals didn't use him that way. Um but man, he was fourth among edge rushers and pressures, and second in hits. And and when you when you watch them snap after snap, he just seems like he's always there. And I really liked him because he's the type of free agent I think you got a chance that he gets better. Now you're up, upgrading the coaching staff, maybe upgrading the surroundings with Quinn and Williams next to him. Um, and he's gotten better each year. Like 
I, I don't love the other two Jets signings that they've made. I, lo- I love the Lawson one and think like he might go to another level and be, and be a total star. Yeah, and that's CJ Mosley back too. I mean, barring yep, something maybe. else happening there. We'll see. But Maybe. He, he might be on the trade block. Back, but, back is tough because he's never played for them essentially. But, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what feels different. Um, and I think that's what you're alluding to, Mark. And, and for me, for sure, like if the Jets – with their decision makers target a guy like Lawson, I believe that there's that is going to work because I, I believe Salah has an eye for a defensive talent and he knows who's going to work in a system. And I think Joe Douglas is a smart guy who who knows how to make good football decisions. So I think the brain trust there is sound. So you have Corey Davis added as well at wide receiver. Um, this one I was a little bit more um, on the fence about because I think the Jets – what they what I want them to come out of this uh, offseason with is a number one wide receiver, a true number one. And then it feels like then Denzel Mims, who's a promising second round pick, can develop as a like a number two guy. And I like Jameson Crowder in the slot. I want to keep him there uh, with Corey Davis. I know he was a first round bust for the Titans who d- came out of nowhere kind of last year and, and had nearly a thousand yards in 14 games. And people like his intangibles and his size. He's big like Mims is. Uh, but now you're kind of betting here that you need Corey Davis or Denzel Mims for this really to, to fly and work, uh, to develop into a true number one. And we just don't have track record for any of those guys. So when you factor in the, the money that was spent, three years, 37 and a half, 27 guaranteed, and Davis's pedigree and background and lack of success before 2020, this one feels like more of a gamble, and I'm not so sure about it. Well, it may, they may not be done. It's it, There are some really intriguing wide receivers in the draft, too. And I would also just say with Mike LaFleur, if you look at like a Kyle Shanahan-type offense, this is going to be a run-based team that, you know, do you need a star number one wide receiver in those Niners offenses? Never hurts, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I like the the pairing of Mims and you've got Davis and you've got, you know, there's who else do they have? They have... Uh, Jamison Crowder. I mean, that's I don't dislike that group. And they in a rookie draft someone else. It's solid. Davis was a guy we we sort of had on those, you know, be careful lists. You know, because because he was injured and he was I don't know if he was a bust. He was just sort of not what you expect out of a top five pick. He was just kind of like a solid number two. And that's you know, he he got a lot of money. It's very interesting to me that Nelson Aguilar and, and Corey Davis are the two receivers that are off the board quickly and not at not really at discounts. Uh at a little maybe I expected Davis to get no, I didn't. I didn't expect either one of them to make twelve, thirteen million dollars a year, but Aguilar to the Patriots and Davis to the Jets kind of at premium signing quickly, whereas Juju and Galladay and Will Fuller and Curtis Samuel are all kind of waiting out there. Presumably they want more money. Then Davis and Aguilar took. I don't know if they're going to get it. Like that's usually what what happens. And the Jets Jets uh, valued Davis. It, it's a little bit of a risk. Are those other wideouts waiting for Galladay, or is it like a Curtis Samuel situation? It just seems like it's frozen. And there are reports that wide receivers are saying the market is utter crap right now, and there's no movement. In uh, other Jets news, they signed linebacker Jared Davis. Uh, a former first round pick as well, who didn't get his option picked up, him with the Detroit Lions. So Salah has likes something he sees. He also primarily plays the same position as CJ Mosley. So NFL Network's Tom Pelzaro reports the Jets are receiving trade calls on Mosley, who got, you know, grossly overpaid, 
um, on the free agency market a couple of years ago, but he was a great player. And then he just hasn't played with the Jets. He got hurt in the first in the third quarter of the season opener in 2019, essentially missed the rest of the year, more or less, and then opted out in 2020. So I don't know whether he's on the S list with the Jets, uh, who are quietly unhappy with the opt opt out after he missed all of the first year or what. But uh, uh, that could be a move to keep an eye on if they could find uh, a willing partner. One of the most surprising markets for any point, maybe the most, was Jared Davis. I was shocked by that contract. He got five guaranteed because there were multiple teams that wanted him. I mean, Lions fans are scratching their heads just because he he was a bust. He you know he couldn't even get on the field last year. But even before that, he was really struggling. Maybe that's all on Patricia because there were multiple there were multiple coaches who loved him coming out of the draft that ended up bidding up his price. I, I was sort of stunned by that one. Like he seemed like a guy who would maybe struggle to get anything. Uh, we talked about Drew Brees' retirement on Monday's show, and then shortly after we uh, unplugged for the day, the Saints made it official that Jameis Winston was under contract one year, uh, $12 million, I believe it's less than that, guaranteed. Uh, and Winston will um, enter into the uh, training camp in a competition, according to Sean Payton, who said on the Dan Patrick Show that the two quarterbacks are going to be competing for QB1 status. Greg, your thoughts? I want to see who else is added to this room. Uh, I think the contract's instructive again. It's really more like five and a half, six million, almost identical to Cam Newton's contract. So Taysom Hill technically makes more money. I, you would think Jameis Winston has the upper hand just logically, but uh, I, I believe Sean Payton when he says the competition. I just was seeing the little whispers out there that they might be in on Trubisky if the if the price falls low enough. So Sean Payton might just be down to get weird here. I don't know. And if they're thinking about Trubisky, they must be thinking about like a a, a pick too. A second. It doesn't or third seem so pick. crazy to me because I, I yeah. think it's, uh, Trubisky is not anybody's idea of a, a superstar, but. If you're if you're interested in Jameis Winston and rehabilitating his career, the, Trubisky to me are they're very similar in that, you know, they're disappointments looking for a fresh start, and maybe Peyton just likes his skill set better or his ability to protect no, the ball a little that, bit more. That, yeah, I don't need to see it. That's going one step too far. I like the idea that Sean Peyton can fix Player X, um, especially in the same division where Jameis was. I'm cool with that. The Trubisky thing. First of all, if you have three of these people. What are we doing here? Who who's getting shot? What, it just seems completely absurd to me. And I and I got to be honest, I I'm rooting for this. I I like the whole thing, but um, the whole Saints quarterback storyline is starting to wear on me. Not it's unlike if 16. I had like a like a bag it's... of bricks on my head walking around town. That's how it feels. It's just like figure it out. Have a competition. Wait. Let's talk in August. Yeah, wait till August. Uh, yeah, if my if Winston's. He's he's the ultimate. He's only twenty seven years old guy ever. Uh, he is still somehow only twenty seven or twenty eight. Wait, that's still Sammy Watkins's title. Let's let's <laughs> slow down here. Um, but if it doesn't happen, if he doesn't get the chance, or it doesn't happen with Sean Payton, I mean this this is it. This is his year to change the course of the rest of his career and make himself uh, a starter for the next 10 years. If he can't do it with this Saints team and Sean Payton, it's it's not going to happen, and I finally give up the ghost. I do. I, I enjoy uh, – there are certain players or coaches over the years of doing this that really Mark can't hate more, and then anytime they get brought up, you know they're about to take some sniper fire. Trubisky 
at quarterback and Nagy at head coach. Those guys are in the Sessler crosshairs. Like, not too many guys I can remember in the history of this podcast. Well, I, I think the one thing that gets misunderstood, and, and you know, I thought that Wes felt this way about certain teams and scenarios too, where it's like, I'm not against the Bears or Bears fans. I, I'm wanting more for them. And I, I get annoyed when I hear anyone mm. kind of just tell you, hey, this will be fine, you know. Hold that thought, because speaking okay. of the Chicago Bears, we have breaking news. Mm. This is from Adam Schefter. Former Cowboys quarterback Andy Dalton is signing a one-year $10 million deal with the Chicago Bears. He has a chance to earn another $3 million in incentives. So the Bears, who it always felt like a total pipe dream, uh, but there were the reports that they were all in for Russell Wilson, and oh, hell, maybe they still are trying to make that happen. But Dalton feels like now uh, the fallback option or just their move going forward. Uh, Andy Dalton in Chicago doesn't doesn't uh, sound overly exciting for anybody involved. I have to be Isn't honest. Isn't this with you. exactly what I was just talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you were right about Trubisky. To Mark's point, he never stopped banging on him during that good season they had, uh, where people tried to convince oh, themselves of Trubisky. Oh, he, ne- he never oh, stopped. This is all victory lap. It was okay. right. It's not a victory. <laughs> yeah, I see. It makes a lot more sense. Um, but no, you were right. Good job. Andy Dalton, though. I like Dalton. I've always liked Dalton. I've always supported him on the show and thought he was a little better than he, he got credit for. So I don't like this, though. I, I, I feel like Chicago is in a, in a kind of a weird place in the NFL. They're in a bit of a funk. And uh, Nagy enters the season on, on shaky ground, obviously. Andy Dalton going to the Bears. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and we'll see if he's the starter. But uh all right, good for him. He got paid. Who who's who's bidding against them for real? Because someone was. I gotta imagine they just gave him ten million. Dallas doesn't this point. I mean, maybe I'm sure Denver. At a certain level, maybe Jacksonville, but it was probably Denver because Dallas. I don't know. That's the, he is their starter. It, get ready, Bears fans. Oh man, I feel bad for them. Unwatchable. Take them out of prime time this year, Mike North. Whoever's making the schedule, they haven't done it yet. What is his name? Is it Mike North? It's something like that. There, that's the problem that Mark and I both well, have. Seriously, is too much bears in prime time. That's the problem. That's <laughs> <At> Chicago. <laughs> it's the market. Yes, don't include me in that. I can't get enough of the Chicago Bears in prime time. Please keep me out of that conversation. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they lost Carl Lawson to the Jets. They signed Trey Hendrickson, formerly of the Saints, four years, sixty million. Hendricks, kind of interesting because uh, they're the same age, and it's it's just basically replacing one guy with the other, um, and they're both seen as guys that are um, ascendant or late bloomers. Uh, Trey Hendrickson uh, didn't do much at all in his first three seasons. In fact, he had six and a half sacks in his first three seasons, and then blew up with New Orleans for 13 and a half. So great job by you, Trey Hendrickson, in your contract year. And you could see what it does for a player and a person's life to have a truly big breakout season in that final year before you go free agent. Good for him. Four for 60. 32 million guaranteed. It is a little weird. I'd be a little worried that the Saints kind of valued keeping Marcus Williams their safety over Hendrickson. And the Bengals are just... They're kind of like basic in some ways in everything they do. If you look at the three free agents they signed so far, it's like exactly replacing someone leaving the roster. So they signed Mike Hilton, like Mike Hilton, uh, a lot. Wes 
for instance, a huge fan. Okay, he's rep- you lost Mackenzie Alexander. Okay, we'll replace him with Mike Hilton. Uh, we're going to lose William Jackson, one of the co- best cornerbacks in the market. We're going to sign Awuzie from Dallas. Okay, we replace him. We lose Lawson. And we replace them with Hendricks. It's just like this is this is the Bengals' way. They're not gonna even when they're making some moves, which I like. I like all three of these players on some level. Uh, it's like it doesn't get you jazzed up. If you do get last year's version of Hendrickson, though, he just seemed to me like a figure that arrived from like 50 years ago. He was disruptive. He's fun to watch. Um, he blew a few people up. I just I like the player a lot, but it seemed to me like the Bengals in Carl Lawson had someone that had done it every year. It, you mm. like. I think the Jets of the two big pass rushers here got the guy. You're just gonna you're gonna know what he's gonna do. Trey Hendrickson, if he does what he if he's if this is who he was last year's version, cool. But if he was in a situation where that changes, um, is a lot of money. And by the way, Cincinnati, and you know, there's still a lot of time, and there are guys out there that have not been signed yet that will be big time players for teams uh, next year. And there's the draft, of course, but they have to get that offensive line right. They. Uh, you know, I thought they would have made one of these splash offensive lineman signings, uh, but not so far. Um, speaking of pass rushers, Yannick Ngakwe, he's on the move yet again, this time to the Las Vegas Raiders, um, who signed him to it. See, this is the way it should be, Greg. We were, we were talking about this yesterday. He got a two-year, $26 million contract. That's it. It's fully guaranteed. That's how many years he signed for. That's how much money he's going to make. Why can't that just be the standard? Why do we have to? Is it because of the salary cap? And you have to have yes. ways to be wiggly around the salary cap. Okay, it's salary cap's an important thing, but at the same time, I'm getting you want to talk, Greg, Mark. You're sick of uh, what are you sick of again already? Oh, the Saints oh, quarterback it's battle. A long list of things. I yes. I have to tell you. I mean. Where we're at with money? What was the new one yet? The guaranteed trigger or whatever? What, what, virtual guarantees? Or they, was, someone someone tried to break out practical practical guarantees. I mean, what, now you're I just mean, making. Sh- Yannick and Gakwe. Like, why do we get into sports to avoid to, this? I don't want to work yeah. in an accounting firm. I have no idea. Like, I, I mean, it's a total blind spot. I'm a Raiders me, so. fan now. I love Mike Mayock and I love John Gruden, and I want them to go 19 and 0. Because Yannick Ngakwe signed for two years and $26 million, and I know exactly what that means. Uh, yeah, you, when you put the extra years, then you can just like spread it out and spend more this year. Raiders, weird spot. I know I, we were going to talk their center they cut later, but I do think it's kind of connected. <laughs> you know, they they cut they cut Rodney Hudson, Okay, you know, one of the best centers of the Rodney last Hudson. 10 yeah. years. One of the best free agent signings, I think, of the last 10 years by the Raiders. Just 31 years old, still playing at a high level, according to everyone that I trust. Just 31 like years that old. He's still a top 10 center at the very least. And you cut him sort of to make room for Ngakwe, who was a little bit of a bust last year. You know, we kind of saw him as a free agent last year. He was on two different teams, the Vikings and the Ravens. Didn't really work. You know, he only played 20 snaps a game in the playoffs for the Ravens. So I don't, I don't right. know. I feel like a year ago he would have gotten... Maybe yeah, Carl Lawson money, and and now mm-hmm. you see where he is. You know, so maybe his his market has cooled a little bit. Or with know. one of his old coaches, we should point out with Gus Bradley, who was with him in Jacksonville. So that that part of it makes sense. But Derek Carr always had this great offensive line, and now they just traded Trent Brown. They lost Rodney Hudson. 
They it, supposedly I, were cutting Gabe Jackson, but they actually haven't done it, and so some people are thinking maybe they're actually keeping him in the incognito. Right. That's and there's incognito like, is gone. W- right? Will the Raiders uh, swing a trade for Russell Wilson, who's annoyed because in Seattle the offensive line has issues? So why would you go to Las Vegas or okay that kind of a deal where you have one offensive lineman from last year uh, cemented into the lineup? Feels a tad shaky. Um, I would love to see uh, Joe Douglas pounce on. Rodney Hudson. They missed out on Corey Lindsley. Uh, he, according to, I'm not sure who to cite here, but he's allowed three sacks across almost 3,500 pass blocking snaps over the last six seasons. Um, that, that'll play. Uh, That's so, solid. That feels good. So Hudson is on the open market and, uh, the, the Raiders have to eat a lot of dead cap on that. So maybe there's more to that story. I don't know, but, I know. uh, that's weird. And no one wanted to trade for him. It, it was a confusing, well, he wanted confusing. out too. I mean, it was partially his request. So Carr's lost four out of his five offensive linemen and his number one receiver. You know, they, I know they drafted Henry Ruggs. Um, but Aguilar was their number one receiver. It, it has turned into, I've noticed on Twitter, Mayock hit season. Uh, people are like gr- starting to grumble about the free agents and the draft picks they've brought in. To which I would mostly say mm. it's Gruden. But either way, they're a pack together. So if let's say, and I don't, I don't root against this. Not that we were close with the man, but he was a colleague in one sense. He used to work in NFL Network. If the Raiders, if let's say this season really goes sideways and they go four and twelve, and he's out the door. Does he just does he get to slide back in and be like the draft expert after he spent yes. four years putting the the Raiders underground? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I, I believe so. But I also you can on the, what, so you're saying on that Jeremiah is going to pull a power too. play and try to stop that from happening. Is that what you're saying? There's nothing that I wouldn't uh, put past Daniel yeah. Jeremiah, yeah. who's got he, he you know he's got that the smile and, and the boyish charm and the wholesome sense of humor. But that man is a mm-hmm. scorpion. Okay. He helped set up Mayock for that job, I think. Oh, boy. You know, he, he was pushing some levers behind <laughs> the scenes. The Jaguars keep on spending money. They signed cornerback Shaquille Griffin, formerly of the Seahawks, three years, $44.5 million, 29 guaranteed. So what does that mean? It's really a two-year, $29 million deal? Can we yeah. decode this? Is that yeah. what it means? There you go. More or less. Anyway, uh, so the Jaguars have all this cap space. Also, I'm going to blow this one. They also signed defensive tackle Tyson Alualu. Alualu, <laughs> yeah. Uh, formerly of the Steelers, two years, $6 million. He's a veteran, uh, adds a little depth, and gives them another player uh, on their team. They've also signed um, Chris Manhurts. I am Chris Manhurts, the tight end, formerly of the Panthers, a two-year, $7.25 million deal. Uh, they're busy. Jihad Ward. Jihad Ward. Jihad Ward. It's a good name. I mean, yeah, if you're named Manhurts, you, you better become a football player. I'm glad you brought up the Jaguars because I just wanted to point out they have signed, according to our tracker, 12 players. How about that? 12 players so far. So, you know, the, the Patriots are getting all this attention. That makes sense because all the Jaguars players are mostly like Dwayne Smoot and Philip Dorsett and Jamal Agu and, and Jihad Ward. I like Roy Jihad Manhurts. You know, they're kind of shopping at the bottom of the market here, but uh, Urban Meyer is going wild on this for 12, 12 players. That's a lot of players. There's also Warren Sharp pointed out that the Jaguars since 2011 – lead the league by a lot, having spent $1.4 billion in free agency. For what, one playoff More win? More breaking news. Uh-oh. 
More man hurts? This from Rapshi, the Jaguars, the Jaguars, are expected to sign Lions wide receiver Marvin Jones, a source said. Uh, I've always been a Marvin Jones fan, and he's a very good player and has had good years uh, in Cincinnati and then Detroit. Nice signing, especially when you have an incoming quarterback um, that everyone's in love with. Give him a nice, solid veteran option. So that's, I like that signing. Yeah, he's uh, he's like a number two or three at this point of his career, but at, you need one of those. Solid guy to add to the mix. I don't mind the receiver group. I think if Urban Meyer is who he says he is and he's got Trevor Lawrence, I already think you got enough around Lawrence. And a decent offensive line, kind of an underrated offensive line. They played pretty well last year. I mean, if Gardner Minshew can put up stats, Minshew. the expectation should be that Lawrence does. DJ Shark, I love him, and you got a great running back in James Robinson. Their offense is, you know, they can be spicy quickly. Uh, the New York Giants get a deal done with Leonard Williams, a three-year, $63 million contract. 45 of that is guaranteed. Um, so that is big-time money for Leonard Williams, who the light finally went on in a big way in 2020, and he was a star on uh, New York's defensive line, and now he's getting Paid. Yeah, I think Gettleman deserves uh, some apologies because he's still getting banged for this Leonard Williams trade. I see like national guy and Giants fans being like, you know, they're still like moaning about this Leonard Williams trade. And he was great last year. Once and you get, I was like, what more? At Sunday, there has to be a level of play you hit that that shuts you up about that. He was one of the best guys at his position. So Gettleman was right. It was great. What I think they probably so, just like who average are these national people. Who are they? Name names. Because I'm curious what they could be actually banging on about if they if they watch the games. It, it's or even basically just look at the stat like, sheet. hey, you shouldn't have given up the second round pick and you had to franchise tag him and like the process was bad. It's like, OK, but he got unlocked in Pat in that well, defense. He was awesome. certain guys certain. And our podcast is not innocent of this. Certain guys attract detractors. They attract attract. Um, and. People have it out for Gettleman, and I know. have. I, yeah. I've been killing him for years, but this. So this they won't is even one give him one I'm W. Gonna give, I'm going to give him a W. But he's gonna, if he, if Daniel Jones can't play the guitar this year, it ain't going to matter because sure. uh, he'll be right. out. Of Leonard town. Williams is like item number five. I think that people are annoyed with about Dave Gettleman. Uh, the Titans they are taking another swing at fixing their pass rush issue. They signed Bud Dupree, formerly of the Steelers, to a multi-year deal. Um, so you imagine he's going to get paid. I don't see the exact figures here yet. Maybe they're out very there now. Very similar where like it was 45 in the first three years. Another very similar contract to Matt Judon with 35 the million and, guaranteed. Right. And Lawson and Hendrickson. They're, they're all in the same ballpark. So there you go. And, and, and famously, uh, John Robinson, big swings and misses on Jadavian Clowney. And uh, oh, help me. Vic Beasley, Vic Beasley last year. Hopefully Dupree can do that. And Greg, you had mentioned speaking of Clowney that on your um, free agency one on one, I believe you said there's only one out of the top 10 guys left and it's Clowney. 10 edge rushers. Yeah. 10 edge rushers. Okay, I was going to say, how does Clowney still even (laughs) as people disappear? How is he getting into the top 10 of anything at this point? But edge rushers, I'll give you that. Uh, Talk I, about guys people have an axe to grind on. I, I still <laughs> well, think, you know what? I still We're all think the same. Do it. I got to say, low. Just say this is the year Greg. to go get him. This is the year to go let get him. Let me say Buy something. Because, uh, Mark, you're right that you point that out. I've always been 
you know, keep an eye on this clowny stuff. People always going nuts about him. Let's keep a track of what he actually does for a team. And I was right about that one. I'm not right a lot. I was right that one time. So I guess I'm more vocal about it as a result. That's you with Trubisky. I think it's only natural. It is. I think Danico Autry, though, A, you're taking him away from the Colts. He's just solid. Like, that dude just, like, like they got him mm-hmm. for not a lot of money. Like, I love that because the Titans' defense needed help, and, like, you're taking it away from a division opponent. Yummy. They also cut uh, Adoree Jackson, so that was a, a surprise. He was injured and streaky, but when he's been good, he's been really good. And so he— Erica. Ooh, do we oh, sorry. I was going to say— Erica's on fire right now. Finish your point, though, Greg. Uh, he is one of three guys who's been added to the, the top 100 list just in the last morning. Kareem Jackson at the bottom. He was let go by Denver. And then Hudson and Adoree Jackson are in the top 40. Hudson's in the top 20. <laughs> and Trubisky's still 101, right? He's still 101, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Six, I love it. Hey, hit me, hit me again with the breaking news. I want it fresh. I want it right off the hot off the presses. Yeah. This one's a little on the borderline, but quarterbacks are fun. Tyrod Taylor reaches an agreement on a one-year deal worth up to $12.5 million with the Houston Texans, according to Schefter. So, and by the way, Erica Tamposi, uh, you know, Erica it does excellent work for us. She's all over it right now. I'm getting these little pings in my, ooh, I won't say the name of the chat agent. Mm. Uh, and we are on top of everything because of our producer, and I love her for it. She does a great job. I have to tell you something. If you go yes. again, it's that AFC free agency fits piece that I wrote at this point about 800 days ago. I had Tyrod to the Texans. I think they said this isn't spicy enough. I said, I'm about accuracy. <laughs> this will happen. And I have nailed another Unbelievable. one. They said they, that. I'm just the creating a they. I think the in general, it was like, this isn't, you know, it's not going to make the little image that they tweet out like Tyrod to the Texans, but this is the groundwork. To move Deshaun out the building. The whole offseason of Tyrod Taylor is a veteran starter we can believe in. Well, I guess he becomes the insurance policy here, right? If if, if they do, maybe this is like an in Independence Day when you see the the uh, spaceships, you know, settling over the White House, settling over the Empire State Building, over the, the tower. It's funny, I live in L.A. and I don't know the name of that building in downtown L.A. that it's settled over. Uh, that you know, speaks to the upcoming huge blockbuster. Is Deshaun Watson going to get moved in the next couple of days? Is it going to? Well, happen? i i want to I want to explode off this earth the phrase "up to" when it comes to contract. Mm. You, you you don't like these partial guarantees and all this stuff. Let's get rid of the "up to." Well, yeah, it's like you can you can make up to uh, all the money in the world i guess that's possible but i want to see what the actual terms are for this it's pro- it's probably similar to cam and Jameis. but that does indicate that was worth the breaking news cuz he's he's their likely week, week one starter at this point Oof. well it no. definitely means that they'll draft someone and he'll be replaced in the first quarter of game 2 right cuz this is it's ultimately the fate of guys like tyrod and andy dalton where he is at this point in his career that you're too good to be on like a backup um, on a good team, apparently that you're going to be st- these these bad teams and doing badly. All right, here here are the landmarks attacked in the initial alien strike in ID four. The White House and the Capitol Building got popped. Okay, um, Empire State Building in New York City, of course, iconic. The U.S. Bank Tower is what it is in Los Angeles. Mm, I've eaten lunch I, in there. I wish our city had were, – we were better at branding. 
Like New York City, the Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building. You had the Twin Towers. Now you got the Freedom Tower. The U.S. Bank Tower, that doesn't quite. It's rough. The best I mean, we have is like the Santa Monica Pier. They should have just done that. Right, you because know? like downtown L.A. may be one of the lower, uh, lower wattage downtowns of any big city around. And of course, there was a, an attack on Area 51 as well, Mark. Any any thoughts about Area 51 you want to share? Well, feel like oh, I guess it's is it is it one alien species attacking another uh, alien discovery research zone? I don't. It feels little maybe a misfire. They got the wrong target. I feel like that would be like a mecca for you to get there if you could. I, a couple of years ago, wasn't there a plan to to raid it? An online petition or something was being planned behind the scenes. There was. I Remember mean, Gonzo that? and I tried to get there ourselves when we did that um, road trip, and we were totally unsuccessful. Hmm. Well, there there has been some talk, and it might be tough to get the schedules all to work out, but behind the scenes, our friend Colleen Wolf has suggested um, this area somewhere in California that has some sort of alien life form connection that we were thinking, take do a podcast from there. Take it on the road. Oh, I like right. that. In and, Joshua and Tree, I think, somewhere around. Is it in yeah. Joshua Tree? Okay, well, we should keep it quiet, but it'll be a surprise episode, but I think we need to make this happen. I like that. Like, we're I'm basically in. doing stunt locations that, that <laughs> to juice the listenership. I'm into it. Uh, the Rams are keeping Leonard. I wonder if uh, Deshaun Watson is going to get traded soon. I, that's, I think it's going to happen. All right. Leonard Floyd is staying with the Rams. Four years, $64 million. Don't know what's guaranteed there or practically guaranteed or up to. But he had uh, 10 and a half sacks last season playing on a one-year deal. And I guess, I don't know, I guess once you hit double-digit sacks, you become a, a total gem, and that leads to getting paid in a massive way. This is one where I want to see the details. I haven't on it. Um, but the Giants were in on him pretty aggressively. Supposedly, that really drove the price up. Shows you how much they love Leonard Floyd because they really valued him ultimately over over John Johnson or over some other people they've had to this offseason. And finally, 8 o'clock delight, the Denver Broncos edition. Perk up, Broncos fans. <laughs> Von Miller sticking around. His legal problems didn't amount to anything, no charges. Uh, so with that hurdle no longer in front of the team, the Broncos exercised the $7 million guarantee option on his $18 million salary in 2021, Von Miller missed all of last year with an ankle um, foot injury. Uh, and, you know, Greg, is he still the same guy anymore? Who knows? I, this was a little bit of a sentimental pick, I think, by the Broncos. Nothing wrong with that, but he is he is one of the highest paid defensive players in the league still. Broncos also signed cornerback Ronald Darby, formerly of the Washington football team. Three years, 30, 19 and a half million in guarantees. Vic Fangio going to be tooling it up with Ronald Darby. <laughs> I like Ronald Darby, but I, I like that they signed Shelby Harris more. I, I think he's yeah, someone that he's stood good. out a lot Oh, see, smart, because you didn't really have anything to say on Ronald Darby. I, Ronald Darby's fine. He's, he's been injured. He's, I mean, you know. he's been on the 101 like four straight years, Darby. So that's I don't know if that's a good sign. He Shelby finally Harris, got paid, yes. though. He finally got paid. Three years, $27 million. Uh, played on a one-year deal uh, last year, uh, so they keep him around. And uh, you know, good for good for the Broncos who are looking to get saucy. Uh, still have a bit of a quarterback problem, if you ask me. 
But uh, speaking of things that you bang on because you're right about, Drew Locke's still the guy. Well, our guy James Palmer, though, was saying on NFL Network before this show that they are um, interested in bringing in competition. I don't know if it's going to be a draft maybe that, pick, but maybe that was the Dalton and Tyrod. That's why. Price that's tag. why I thought maybe the, the, the Dalton thing was happening there a little bit. That someone that they can come in to push him a little. He's inconsistent. General George Patton, the GM says. If, if, I like you know. the idea. If it's Trubisky there. Oh my gosh, forget no. it. No. Uh, see what this kind of. I'm happy for Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's getting that job in Washington. I really wanted him in Denver. That felt like it would have been nice, and he would have had a ton of weapons, but. Uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, the Denver Broncos. Got your own five, five o'clock delay. We still, the music's still going. If you have anything else to add on the Denver Broncos, this is the time. Now I feel good, personally. All right. Eric, just cut the music out. <laughs> well. Not 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 a shining moment for Denver. I, I feel like, uh, oh, it's called five o'clock delight or eight o'clock delight. What is what it? What did I call it? You called afternoon. it 5 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock delight. Well, it was afternoon delight. It was like a song back in the day. <laughs> right. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tomorrow is the official start of the league year. Uh, who's still out there? Who? Kenny Galladay. That's Wide one. Wide receivers. Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster. Samuel. Uh, yeah. Juju. Chris Carson. Chris Carson. Patriots have inquired about Chris Carson. Apparently, let's see these Odell tweets that Mark's talking about. If the you're right, I think I think trades are what we could hope. Trent Williams, you know, the number one player, still hasn't signed. People kind of think he's going back to San Francisco, but hasn't happened yet. Uh, I think trade tomorrow would be the day for trades because it's the day that you have to get your salary cap officially in order. All the voodoo that the Rams theoretically still need to do for instance that you have to have it done by tomorrow at 4 p.m. so if there's going to be some trades with Odell or whoever tomorrow's the day to do it so the tweet was as Mark said it just happened when we started second act okay and then a follow-up tweet God period thank you for clarity which could mean one of a billion life scenarios so I'm not going to overreact to it but second act to Greg's point isn't accurate either, if unless it's a New York team, because that would be a third act. So, holding off on the panic button. Also, if they trade him, I'm not going to panic. There's too many other things I mean, to be panicking over. It could just mean like his local dispensary got like a new shipment or something. Who really yeah. knows? Some exactly. Hot, fun new strain. <laughs> uh, how, yeah. How's everything else, guys? I literally don't want to stop the podcast because then I got to go back into my house. So I know. I hear you. Continue unpacking. But you said you were going to apologize to to Emily about your spat. I have to I, do I think, that. No, I just yeah. think if you've said it here on the show, you know she listens to every episode. You're good. <laughs> yeah, you don't right. need to have a one on one apology. We've I'm done probably about 1,100 to 1,200 shows. My wife is yet to listen to an episode, so I, I, it ha- oh. I wish I could say that. Same. Meanwhile, the, the, whole, the entire Sessler family has like a 5 o'clock uh, evening date every Friday. <laughs> so it's like, gather around, young Sesslers. We're going to watch three hours of our Week 17 show from 2016. They Ooh, have Daddy made a, a great point. They've seen a lot of content. <laughs> Daddy, why do you always wear that shirt? <laughs> <laughs> why are you nice on this show? <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, and again, as I said on text, and now I'll say it here, um, I'll take those boys off your hands once I get settled, and, and you and Simone can have a nice little night together. 
Well, I mean, I'll take you up on it. I mean, a nice I, little night. I think that ours offers some organizational challenges that would be new to you and uh, challenging, interesting. So, but yes, I'll just All drop right. them off without a notice. Yours are yours are older. I mean, at, at, going from two to four is is. Um, is problematic no matter what. But if I'm if I'm judging the degree of difficulty, uh, Mark Mark taking on the young hands eye is going to be even harder because they're younger. Yeah, the hands eye tree. Well, they were compliant though. Like I'm, <laughs> what I'm learning is they get to an age now where they're not willing to. They're not. They're, their choice is not first to listen to what you're asking them to do. <laughs> All right, I guess I should go. All right, Eric. Is there anything new with you? Okay, cool. We want to take some phone calls? or? <laughs> oh, I All feel right. bad for Dan. <laughs> That's it. All right, good. That's it. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Ricky Hollywood. And jump in anytime here if anybody has something to say. Uh, the, the Quiet Storm and the Old Boss. Until tomorrow, eat the call.